Hey folks, welcome to Conversations in Cybersecurity, and uh, I'm your host, Tim Erlin, and we're here to talk about cybersecurity, which we, we often think of as a single industry, but in reality, there are sort of two distinct sides to that coin. There are vendors and there are practitioners. And while major industry topics might be the same between those two, uh, take ransomware, for example, the perspectives and even the skills required to work on either side can be very different. Or, or are they? I personally have always worked on the vendor side of the equation, but I'm joined today by someone who actually made a switch from vendor to practitioner. Uh, Lamar Bailey is currently the VP of IT security for Jackson Healthcare, where he's responsible for securing 16 different businesses under that Jackson Healthcare umbrella. But prior to taking on that challenge, he led the research team at security vendor Tripwire. And prior to that, uh, he was engineering, uh, he managed engineering and research teams at Internet Security Systems. So he has a long history as a on the vendor side and then made this switch uh, to more of the practitioner side. So welcome, Lamar. Thank you, Tim. Uh, so this is a really interesting topic to me because I, it's a perspective that I don't really have that, that you have. And so I, I want to start with the obvious question, which is what what made you make this transition from working for a vendor to what, what I basically interpret as a, as a CISO role at Jackson Healthcare? Yeah, that's correct. That's um, since we have all the different businesses, there's not much in a C-suite at Jackson because each business has their own president and and full suite. So um, they're all independent. So it makes it interesting. Uh, what made the switch? The last year, um, I took the summer off, left Tripwire, took the summer off, and was trying to figure out what to do. So looking at the job market out there, what was what looked interesting. And this role came up, and over the time at Tripwire and prior, I worked with a lot of companies on like their security programs. What are they doing? They'd ask, hey, what should, what should we be doing better? Uh, we had our own managed services at Tripwire that I would work with that team. And it was interesting to me to, to make somebody's program or enhance their program. And with Jackson, it wasn't just one company. You had 16 companies. It's like, all right, this should keep me interesting for a while and busy. So that's why I kind of made the change there. So did you did you actively go looking for practitioner roles after your, your, you left Tripwire? Was that kind of your objective? Or was it more like this is a role that came up and you saw it and said, oh, that seems kind of interesting? It's a role that came up. I was looking at more in the security field. Um, but like you said, I've been doing it for a long time as a vendor. Uh, a lot of different technologies. So this came up. Uh, it's a local company here to where I live at, so I could drive into the office. So it's like, okay, well, you know, I met with them, see what they need, and it just seemed to be a good fit. So uh, I had a, a friend that made the jump. He was happy about going to the practitioner side, so I decided to give it a shot. So you went, you went, and you sought some uh, some advice from someone who had a similar experience before you. Right, I asked. You chose what, to. Right, yeah. ask what's it going to be like. So. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And so, so you you've now made this transition. transition. I, how how long have you been in the in the current role? So I started in July of last year. So what's a little that? less than a year, basically. Yeah. Okay. So what what's been the most surprising aspect of that transition for you? Because it sounds like you you know you sort of did your homework. You were relatively well prepared or as prepared as you could be. But what what really surprised, surprised you? Me. Honestly, what surprised me the most were vendors. Um, oh, really? In what way? Yeah, I just wasn't ready for this. Um, one, you get hit up constantly from vendors. Um, 
I don't publish my phone number for them anymore. Uh, I get multiple emails a day about products. Um, they'll just send you stuff out of the blue. Yeah, put put meetings on your calendar if they can. Uh, I have gotten calendar invites for, from stuff. Um, so there's that part of it. And then working with uh, VARS has, has also oh. been interesting. So what I've learned through this is if Jackson had bought a product through one VAR and we're not having good service in that VAR, trying to change pretty much takes an act of Congress. Interesting. And so these were largely relationships that preexisted you, I would think. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, for instance, like if you go from, if you have one company that's delivering your vulnerability assessment products through one VAR, yeah. and you decide, well, I'm not getting any value from them, um, they're not returning phone calls, whatever, then you say, hey, let me go look at, you, you tell your vulnerability assessment company, I want to switch to this other VAR. Well, they won't give them, they may not give them the same pricing. Um, so it's like, oh, it's going to cost me to switch. And then they tell you, well, we won't even give them a price until you tell us you fired the other one. Wow. So you can't really price shop. Um, so it becomes really hard to move around. And they give the best price to some of the larger VARs that we know yeah. in the industry. Who bring them the most business, of course. Right. Or who brought them the business first. Mm. So if you start off with a new, a new uh, product line or service... Then it's a lot easier to pick which VAR you want to use. I would think that that would that would sort of push you to have a have multiple VARs rather than having all of your services or products delivered through one VAR. Have multiple so that at least then you have a relationship with. There's some competition, you know, for your business, and you could switch. In theory, I would think that would make it easier to switch at some point. Right, and we do have multiple VARs, and I've actually brought in one more. So we have about four or five that we work with. And kind of depending on what we want, we'll talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, but That's you can go back. We've been told we can go back to the vendor and really like, you know, push to get the pricing moved over. Uh, but it's a lot more work than you would expect. Yeah, it takes up a lot of time. I think you and I have both been in the industry long enough to have witnessed sort of the the rise of vendors moving to sort of a channel only business away from you know direct sales for the most part. Um, although they, they obviously still occur, it's just interesting to see how that's how what what impact that has on the the CISO. You know, now that you are that that person. Yeah, and I say looking at our portfolio, only about twenty five percent are direct to the to the vendor. The rest go through a reseller of some sort. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So uh, let's go back to the topic of you know vendors in general because you you said one of the most surprising things uh, about this transition was how 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 much time you spend either fending off or responding to vendors was my interpretation. Right. Um, I, I mean, I'm, you know, you, you have to be a little bit sympathetic to those vendors because you've been on the other side of the, the coin. Uh, but it's, I, I mean, how do you, how do you choose which vendors to engage with and which not to and which to ignore? Yeah. So it's been interesting. Um, it depends on if they come in with an email, it depends on what they put in the email. Yeah. yeah. Um, if it's you know more business focused, hey, I want to talk to you about this. This is what we have. Would this be of use to you? Then I'll respond to them. Hey, not looking at this right now. I'll think about you in the future or something. Yeah. But yeah. then you have the the weird stuff. Like I had one a couple of weeks ago, where this person wrote in and said, "So I asked Chat GPT about 
who are the most influential people in healthcare, in security, and just it's this whole thing. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm not dealing with you. So then I log into our email system and say, all right, this is spam. Everything yeah. coming from this from this vendor from now on is spam. I just, uh, vendors, we, we want to be creative, of course, um, to get your attention, but it doesn't, like, the getting your attention doesn't necessarily result in, in a positive response. Right. So. Sometimes you just have to accept that, that that prospect actually doesn't need your tool or product right now. That's just not their priority. Yes, yeah, so I, I much prefer the, hey, here's what we have, here's what we do, you know, this is something we can talk about. And then yeah. that gives me the info that I need and say, not yet. Let's talk again in six months, or that's covered. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, there's so many vendors out there. I have no, yeah. You know, for each uh, security control, there's so many that have different feature sets, and so it's impossible to know them all. So giving me that yeah. information of what makes you different helps yeah. me quickly weed through those. I'm curious. Have you encountered a tool that helps you sort of quickly? sort through the vendors? I mean, I think there are some tools out there that, that let you do this, but like you get an email from, you know, clearly a security vendor, no idea who they are, you know, just sort of a, a quick reference tool. It seems like it'd be useful. Nothing that I've found that's really a, a good tool for that. Um, we do, you know, not to plug, but we do have a Gartner subscription. Yeah, yeah. that's I'll, that's not them. I'll go out there and look and yeah. see if there's any info about them, but a lot of these smaller vendors, there's nothing out there. I can't remember what it's called. I think Richard Steenen put together, you know, former analyst, well, current analyst probably is the best description, but um, I think he put together a, a product effectively that kind of does that, if I remember. He's he's pushed it on LinkedIn a couple of times. It's interesting anyway. Um, okay, so aside from being surprising, what do you think has been the, the hardest part of this transition, the most difficult part for you? So the most difficult part has been just the environment. Uh, for me. So coming from security vendor, pretty much everybody in the company was security focused. Mm, yeah. And you didn't have to kind of sell anything or explain things. So Jackson Healthcare, um, the vast majority of the company, we do medical staffing, doctors, anesthesiologists, nurses all over the U.S., uh, both permanent or part time. And then we also have one company called U.S. Antibiotics, which is the, interesting to me, the last company in the U.S. that makes penicillin-based antibiotics. Oh, wow. So it's a little bit of both sides. Uh, so I have some OT stuff in here, too. And it's just not a lot of the employees and all that I work with. Um, they may be in a younger generation and have not been, you know, working for a long period of time and not used to, you know, kind of the managed environments. Or just don't think about stuff um, in the same way that we're used to having been in it for 20 plus years. So it's been a little bit harder to think about, all right, step back. How can I explain this in a good way so they understand, you know, what we're doing and what value it's giving them? That's interesting because, you know, we, we as vendors, I think we hear that from our customers, from the, the security customers, you know, security practitioners that their organization, the people in their organization don't understand security or they have a difficult time understanding why it's important or what they should or shouldn't be doing. But it's a it's a difficult message to internalize when your your day-to-day environment is so steeped in information security when you work for a vendor. Um, so it's interesting that you say that and it makes me think, uh, yeah, I've heard that, but I don't know that I've really internalized it in a way that's meaningful. Yeah, so now 
what I look at is like, how do I, you know, sell this to, you know, someone that's on the phone most of their day or someone that's in accounting that's not dealt with this in the past. Yeah. Um, so we've always, we've talked in the past, especially from the vendor side, you know, how do you sell this to your board? How do you sell it to your CISO? But then, you know, once you do it, then you need to figure out how to sell it to the rest of the business. Yeah. 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 And it's not just, I mean, the closest thing that I've, I guess we've, maybe experienced is is selling it to the other folks in IT, not security specifically, but you know, the classic, here's why you should install this agent on all of your assets that already have 10 agents on them uh, kind of approach. But it's it's even beyond that. It's the, as you said, the folks who are just on the phone all day. It's an interesting challenge to think about because I don't know, you know, from the vendor side, I, I don't know what I would change to help with that problem. Yeah, a lot of what we do right now is um, we have our internal communication websites and we'll push out, I'll do it at least monthly. Like it won't be a tool, it'll be like, hey, what does vulnerability assessment mean? What is it doing? Yeah. Uh, For instance, and tell them, it's like, and we look at your laptop all the time. And then I try to put in there at at least at the bottom or sometimes even at top, depending on the topic, what can you do at home? Well, how can you how can you move this to your personal life? Yeah. And I think it clicks a little bit better with them. And you know, in our world now, half of us work from home most of the time. So, you know, securing that home environment or helping them think about the security in their home environment helps in the long run. Yeah, I mean, I think that's almost a requirement at this point for organizations that have remote workers is to provide a little bit of that that education. And and obviously on the the corporate assets that are at home, they. They've got tools, but you know the security of their home environment overall um, certainly has an impact on on the, re- the remote workers for sure. Hmm. So that's an interesting challenge for you, having made that shift. Um, does that does that sort of inform like what what do you wish you knew as a vendor that you know that you know now, having made this transition? So, let's see, that's a tough one. That's a good question. I think. The two things that stick out would be that how do you communicate the value to the workforce is is an interesting one. If they could supply that along with, you know, how do you communicate the rest of IT and the CISO and the board and all. I think that would be very useful. Yeah, let me clarify that. So you think it would be helpful to you if your security vendors provided, I don't know what, like what what could they provide to help... Maybe it's a, you know, almost like a blog post. Hey, what is this? What are, what's the value you're getting from it? Kind of the same things that I'm doing. Maybe it's a little video. Oh, interesting. Um, maybe it's, you know, because I bet if I queried my workforce across all of Jackson, I bet 20% know what vulnerability assessment is. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they don't even know. So, you know, educate them on the term. What does it mean? Why is it important? Just kind of that frontline education, I think, would be good. Yeah, and like reusable things, things that you could reuse and rebrand for your, you know, your your workforce, as you said. Um, it's, I mean, we spend a ton of time in this industry producing content, and now, you know, with all the the generative AI talk, that there's there's going to be so much more content because it's it's easier to produce. Um, maybe there's a maybe there's a role there for uh, for AI to actually help produce that content for you. Yeah, that's a good point. 
You should try it. You should get ChatGPT to explain vulnerability management to a, you know, a, a particular level, not to a five-year-old. I don't think that's necessarily accurate, but, but you know, to someone who, who's not technical and see what you get. Well, maybe I'll just reach out to that vendor that sent me the email and ask them to do it for me. Yeah, there you go. That's right. Good idea. Good idea. And so the other, yeah, just one more, the other one that um, we heard as a vendor, and I don't think it ever really clicked to me as to how hard it was, is that it is very hard to switch products um, once you have them deployed in your environment. So yeah. a rip and replace. Um, I always heard it like, is it really that hard? Now I look at it, like if I want to switch out some of the products that we have, it's like, wow, that's a lot of work. So I know... We both um, had a sales guy at one point that had his idea of land and expand. Yeah. It seems to have, if you expand, you are very sticky in the environment because you look at all that you have to do across multiple products and multiple groups to remove something. Because it's not just the product. It's like, all right, what was your reporting looking like? Who are you sending the data to? What teams were working with that? They were used to having this. So it was just kind of astonishing, like, wow, that is really hard, like customers used to tell us. Yeah, it's interesting. And it makes me think back to the customers who did make a switch, either you know, to, to a product we were selling or away from it, about just how unhappy they must have been <laughs> in order to make that effort. Right. I mean, I almost think you would have to bring in you know, professional services and almost set it up as an engagement. All right, we're going to rip and replace. Your product's coming in. I want it to work just like the other one did, as far well, as the reporting I, out and everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, we had we had customers ask for that. I mean, maybe maybe you didn't necessarily see it, but we definitely had customers ask us for specifically that. You know, take, I want your product, but I want the output to look exactly like this other product that I had. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mine isn't necessarily the output; it's just all the connections are there. I don't lose the connections that I had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It goes back to I'm trying to remember who I had this conversation with not too long ago about the the importance of oper- of being able to operationalize your security product that selling a, an interesting differentiated unique product isn't isn't really enough because if your customer can't actually operationalize it then it's it's useless doesn't matter how differentiated it is and there's so much in their environment that it has to connect to yeah definitely and for us i don't have a huge security team so we do rely on managed services from our vendor um so having that, at least for us, is a very big plus for them. Um, I've talked to a couple customers like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, vendors, that's kind of cool, but can you manage it? And they're like, well, we don't have that. We can send you to an MSP. Yeah. And right now, my thinking, which could be flawed, it may change, is I want the company running the product for me, uh, much like we had at Tripwire. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, in it's- my mind, I see a couple reasons one is like if it doesn't work your guy should know how to fix it if it's not getting me the value i want you're losing it whereas i kind of feel with an msp it's like oh this isn't working for you let's switch you over to this product then yeah it keeps them it 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 gives them control over the the end-to-end delivery of that that service you know all the product pieces and the service pieces and then it also means that they're you know the skin they have in the game they have more skin in the game because if they they can't just lose the service they'd lose the whole thing Exactly. Which is interesting, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that that model isn't more prevalent than it is. Um, although, you know, if you look at sort of SaaS as a whole, SaaS gets you partway there. You might, you know, you might remember that, you know, a number of our managed service customers at Tripwire were really more like SaaS customers in that we weren't delivering a proactive service. We were just keeping things up and running for them. Um, and that's kind of like a SaaS. So that's interesting. 
All right. So listen, you know, now that you've made this transition, you've moved from vendor to practitioner. Has your perspective on information security as a as a whole, as a market, or as a challenge, has that changed as a result of of making this shift? I think it has a little bit. Um, I was just talking about this recently. So as a vendor, we tend to be more in the weeds about every little vulnerability that's out there, every little security issue, and the importance of that. As on the practitioner side, I have to almost run that through a different lens. It's like, is it really that big of a deal? Mm. Do I need to do this right now? What's it going to mean? Am I going to have to reboot servers uh, on an update? Uh, you know, can I push this off to a change control window? Do I need to do it now? So there's a lot more that you, if you want to, you know, do a patch during the middle of the day for a zero day. There's a lot more coordination. So you kind of take back and like, all right, what's the real risk of this? if I don't do this. And knowing the environment that I have, I understand that better, where I think as a vendor, we just assume they had the worst environment ever. So they had no compensating controls or anything in place. So it was always in our head, you know, a little bit higher priority than what it is for me uh, sitting here and, you know, taking a hard look at, do I need to do this right now or can I put it off? Yeah, I mean, a little bit of a, a real world perspective has has creeped into your your, your job at this point, uh, which, uh, you know, I think every vendor could probably benefit from that in the end. Yeah. Well, listen, Lamar, I, I think this was a super interesting conversation. I, I appreciate the time. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see whether you, you stay on, on the practitioner side of the, the equation, or you find yourself moving back to the vendor side at some point in the future, but, uh, hopefully it's an interesting journey either way. Cool. Thank you, Tim. It's been fun talking. Mm-hmm.